First Samuel chapter <clears throat> chapter thirty, we read someone who is just like us, flesh and blood. Someone who's serving God, he has done mighty things. God has used him in mighty ways. And now we find him in verse 6, and it says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him. I could see why he would be distressed. I don't know about you, but anybody looking at me with that look in their eye, that crazy look in their eye, like, just say the word. Just say the word. Say the word. I'm not sure how big those stones are. If I was David, I would want him to be one, uh, hit, one hit wonder. As soon as they hit me, I'm in glory. I don't know if they were little pebbles and they just literally pebbled him to death. But whatever it was, we read that David was greatly distressed. He was with people that weren't happy. He was with people that wanted to dim his lights, possibly forever. They weren't willing to come there and shake hands and be friends. They wanted to hurt him. And we continue reading. And David was greatly distressed. Well, the people spake of stoning him because of the souls of all the people was grieved. By the way, hurt people hurt people. Instead of us sometimes getting angry at individuals who seem like they're lashing out, who seem like, boy, they have literally lost their mind, remind yourself, hurt people hurt people. Misery loves company. So when someone's hurting, they are literally trying to find someone else to hurt. Why? Because they want them to feel their pain. And we find people hurting. They're grieved. And it says, And every man for his son and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. I can only imagine it looked pretty silly. I can see David down there. I can see everybody surrounding him. And then all of a sudden, David realized who's in charge. David realized who not only controls the hearts, who controls the kings, who also controls the servants. Oh, who's in charge? Then all of a sudden, David begins to laugh. Imagine they thought David was nuts. He has lost his mind. He is off of his rocker. How in the world in such a time as this can this young man be laughing and beginning to encourage himself? But yet we see David doing this. We see David doing this and we also see David saying it is well with my soul. Tonight, if you don't mind, I just want to talk to you about when you're down, how to get back up. When you're not seeing the results that you used to see, you can still get back up. You can still serve him. Oh, there's still another day that you can be found faithful again like you were in the past. We got a big job that's ahead of us. But with God's help, we can be found faithful. Can I tell you this? There have been many dark days in America. Oh, when I hear of Sermons from great men of the past. I hear them saying, God's going to come back any day. God's going to come back any day. Look what's happening. God's going to come back any day. And you know what? 
It was real. They weren't lying. God can come back any day. But until then, we need to be faithful. Until then, we need to still pick up arms and still march and move forward. May we do so tonight. Heavenly Father, we need you. Lord God, someone was under the sound of my voice. They're hurting. They've been down. They're a little discouraged. Lord God, they know a little bit about what David's going through because they're going through it now. Lord God, may you speak through me. May you use me as a vessel. Oh, Heavenly Father, please fill me with thy spirit. Not so I can get a big head, but Lord God, so you can move through me. Lord God, you have all of me. Oh, please use me. Holy Spirit, please speak to the individuals. Oh, we need them. Lord God, please help me to be a help and not a hindrance. Lord God, we sure do love you. And we thank you. And we pray these things in your blessed son's name, claiming your promises. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you this? We had a lady. She was in a camp in Georgia that I used to go to. She was down. She was discouraged. She came and talked to her preacher. And her preacher said that, gave her permission to talk to me of all people. She came to me. She said, Brother Jackson. She said, Brother Jackson, I need to, to talk to you. Don't worry. My pastor has already given me permission to seek some counsel from you. I said, sure. How can I help you? She said, Brother Jackson, I have a son. Brother Jackson, I love my boy. She said, but Brother Jackson, he's to the point now where he doesn't want anything to do with God. He blames us for the way that he was raised. He blamed us for the lack of fun that he had. Brother Jackson, he said, if it wasn't for us and it wasn't for that church, he wouldn't have missed out on things in, in the world. Then Brother Jackson, tears begin to flow down. She's like, Brother Jackson, did we do something wrong? She said, Brother Jackson, did, did, I, did, did we mess up? I said, hold on, sister. Let me... Let me ask you this. I was like, did you try to raise them the best way that you can? Did you try to raise them in the Lord? She's like, every single day we prayed for them. She's like, every single day we tried to do what was right. I was like, well, sister, how that there comes a point in time in everybody's life, they must choose if they're going to walk down the same path or if they're going to choose a different path. I was like, <clears throat> let me, I was like, I'm sorry that this is happening. I was like, but let me tell you something. I was like, sister, I know you're down. And I was like, there are going to be plenty of days when you see your son and he's going to discourage you because where he is. I was like, but let him know every time that he sees mom, he sees somebody, even though her heart's a little heavy, she's still about the stuff. She's still about serving Jesus. She's still about walking and talking with God. I was like, she still has God all over him to where when he's, in mom's presence, he can't deny that mom still has God Amen. all over. I was like, there's going to be days when you're sick and you don't feel like going to church. 
Don't you dare let that keep you from going to the place that could help you. I was just giving her biblical principles. She said, okay. Try to encourage her a little bit more. That was it. Sent her on her way with a little bit of a smile on her heart that was hurting. Next year, I showed up there to camp, showed up early. I was moving some things around, getting ready for the teenagers to come. Every now and then, a worker would walk up to me and be like, Brother, have you seen Sister So-and-so yet? She's looking for you. I was like, no, I haven't, I haven't seen her. I just got here. Okay. Someone else, brother, have you seen sister so-and-so? I was like, no, I haven't seen sister so-and-so. Brother, have you seen sister so-and-so? I was like, well, apparently she's seen everybody else, but I have yet to see her. Then all of a sudden I begin to walk across this wide open field. As I begin to walk across this wide open field, I heard Brother Jackson, Brother Jackson, oh, Brother Jackson. She had on a long skirt. Then all of a sudden you saw her hike the skirt up and boy, she began to run across the field. I'm like, slow it down, sister. I'm not going anywhere. What is happening? She's like, Brother Jackson, you may not remember. She's like, you may not remember what I talked to you last summer about. And I said, yes, I do remember. She was like, oh, you do? I was like, yes, you asked me to pray. And I told you that I would pray. And I was like, I do remember praying and, and, and have since then. She's like, well, Brother Jackson, she was like, one day I was feeling real bad. She's like, I was, I was feeling real down. She's like, I literally was physically sick because of how my heart was grieved for my son. She's like, I was gonna sit out of church. She's like, I, I, I just couldn't be around people. She's like, and then those words that you said hit me. Sometimes you're not gonna wanna go to church, but that's exactly where you should be. She says to Brother Jackson, I drug myself to church. She said, I drug myself to church and when I got there, she's like, I began to play the piano like I normally did. And, and she's like, <clears throat> I went to go sit down and the preacher got up and she said, 15 minutes later, she's like, I thought that I was hearing things because the preacher said, hey, I need someone to go to the piano again. She's like, oh, preacher was already starting the altar call. She said she didn't know what was happening behind the scenes as her son had called her earlier that day and found out that mama wasn't feeling good. And mama wasn't well, and he wanted to cheer her up. So he made her the same thing that she would make him when he was younger and when he wasn't feeling well. And she brought this big thing of soup there. And when he brought the big thing of soup there, he went and the lights were off in the house. When the lights were off in the house, he said he, he opened, let himself in. And boy, he said, mom must be really sick if she's laying down in bed. And he said he went through the house and he didn't see her. And all of a sudden he was bringing back out the bowl of soup. And his wife said, honey, I thought you said you were bringing that to your mom. He said, I am. She said, well, honey, you still have it on you. He said, mom's not here, but I know where she is. Amen. It was Wednesday night. I said, the preacher said as he got up, he began preaching and he was listening to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit said, you need to have an altar call right now. 
You need to have an altar call right now. So immediately he called her and he had an altar call and she be said she began to play on the piano, the lady that I was talking to. And as she played on the piano, she said all of a sudden during the altar call, she looked up and she thought she was dreaming. She said all of a sudden he gave the altar call. Some of you know that you need to do business with God and you've been running long enough. And now is the time. She said all of a sudden she heard, excuse me, excuse me, get out of the way, get out of the way, get out of the way. And she turned. And when she turned, she saw her baby boy coming down the aisle. That's the one she's been praying about. That's the one she's been burdened. She's like, Brother Jackson, she's like, I wish I could tell you that I was playing the piano. But she said, but the tears and the snot was just flowing. And I said, Lord Jesus, you're going to have to take the piano because I can't see anything right now. She said, why? Because this was the time that I was praying about. This was the time that I was burdened about. She's like, I would give anything to see my boy come down the aisle. And here he is coming down the aisle. She's like, all of a sudden the preacher said, I need you to stop playing the piano and come over here. She said, preacher, my mascara is running everywhere. I look like a hot mess. There's no way that I could come. He said, please. She said she began to make her way over. And as she began to make her way over, her son stopped her and said, mom, before you even come over, I want to say I'm sorry. He's like, Mom, I'm sorry for the way that I acted. I'm sorry for what I said to you. He's like, Mom, but I thank you that you always was faithful. Every time that I came to you and dad's house, boy, I knew where I should be. I was reminded of where God had brought me from. And literally, I was reminded of the goodness that I left. I just want to thank you. Some of you are discouraged because your kids have gone wayward. Your kids have decided to choose other paths. But let it be said that mom and dad are going to stay faithful. That mom and dad are going to keep up the good work. Hey, it may look like you're going to be stoned. It may look like, boy, you, your, your, your luck has run out. But can I tell you this? David did one thing that you and I can do. David realized who's in charge. David got encouraged in himself. And the reason why he got encouraged in himself is this. Turn with me to Deuteronomy. Chapter 8 and verse 2. We see Moses here talking. Oh, that old group that makes us all wonder. How can you murmur and complain when God himself is taking care of you? They're called the children of Israel. Ever heard of them? Sometime I read the Bible and I come to the children of Israel and I'm like, man, they were walking and talking and God literally called them his own. Boy, what sweetness that was there. And then it was like two chapters later, they're murmuring and complaining. Almost sounds like the average Baptist person who's down. Preacher, I just don't understand why we have to do this. I just don't understand why we have to give more. I just don't understand why we have to pray because the people in the city council won't approve our... I I just don't understand. Sometimes in life we won't understand situations and problems. But we see here that group that we're talking about in chapter 8. In verse 2, it says, And thou shalt remember all the ways in which the Lord thy God had led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee, to prove thee, and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or not. Moses was saying, 
Hey, remember all those times that God had met with you? Remember all those times that God had provided for you? Hey, children of Israel, don't you start murmuring, complaining. Literally, you're right there on the shore of the Jordan River. You literally can see the promised land. It's been promised to you. For 40 years, you walked around in a circle. Now you're not walking around in a circle. You're literally staring at the banks. Oh, there's just a little bit of faith left. And you're discouraged. Moses was saying, Oh, children of Israel, I know it's scary. You're going to be going into the promised land. New land, new problems, new situations. Oh, I can see for a second how the devil could have gotten into their mind. Oh, they know that Moses was getting ready to step aside, and Joshua was getting ready to take the lead from there. Oh, would Joshua still lead the same way that Moses would? Would Joshua still have that same power, that same zeal? By the way, there's nothing like an individual having the power of God upon their life. Oh, wouldn't it be a great thing tonight if some people say, I want that power. I want that same power that Moses had. I want that same power that Joshua had. I want that same power to do something for God. I'm not telling you to do anything that hasn't been done in the past. Oh, in the past, we used to have preachers that say, pray for power, pray for God's power, pray for God to use people. By the way, I remember one of those preachers, boy, when he had a congregation of 26,000 in Sunday school, they didn't count church attendance. It was Sunday school that the people were at. One of the preachers said, how in the world can you have that many, uh, that many people in your place? He said, excuse me. And he kind of ignored it. And then all of a sudden, someone else asked and they said, hey, seems like every time the you preach, boy, God's in the room. God's all over you. Man, the altars are full. And finally, he slapped the pulpit. He said, that's the difference between you and me. He said, my people know how to pray. He's like, every single time I darken the, the pulpit, he's like, I have a prayer room back at the church. And some men and ladies get there and they pray for God's power upon God's men. That's the difference. Where we're just relying on God's men to do everything. When God's people can get a hold of the same God that God's men can. Ladies, you can have the same power that God's man has. He is no respecter of individuals. If that's the case, you can have that same power. Oh, it's amazing how now some of the younger people are trying to kill some of those war horses that were back then. Why? Because they're trying to lower the standard. We need some people to raise the standard again. Have that same power of God that they had on them. Well, I'm talking about when they walked in the room, you knew something was different. It wasn't a facade. It's amazing how the cowards these days, men have been gone for 20 and 30 years, and now they want to bring up stuff. Told people this, if that was my daughter, if that was... My son going through a rough time. Boy, I don't care who it is. We're going to come down to a, to a situation. It's going to be me, them, and God. And they better hope God gets in the middle. Oh, we see Moses is stepping aside. We can only understand why the children of Israel, during this time, faith seemed like it's a little shaken. 
Oh, you got to understand, they've been walking around the desert for so long, they're used to that pillar of cloud being over them. What are we going to do? There's going to be no pillar of cloud there now. Oh, there's going to be no manna coming from heaven. By the way, that is the first Uber Eats that we see in the Bible. God literally himself delivering Reese's peanut butter cups. Mm. Oh, can I tell you this? That no pillar of fire that was going to be there at night. Oh, you now have a generation that's been raised on these things. I can kind of understand why their faith is a little shaken. I don't know about you, but I kind of have a big foot. These are 15 to 17 size shoes. All depends on the manufacturer. Can you imagine being my parents paying for my shoes? One of the happiest days of their life was, son, you're an adult now. It's all you. But can you imagine the children of Israel as they walked and their shoes grew and their feet grew with it because God was with them even when they were murmuring and complaining. When he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee, he really meant, I'll never leave thee, I'll never forsake thee. I'll always be by your side. Now we find them on the Jordan River still murmuring and complaining. And then all of a sudden we come to the first principle that God gives us through Moses. Boy, when we get discouraged and it will come through life, he's reminding us of what God has done in the past. He said, children of Israel, God has kept you cool when you needed to be cool. He's kept you warm when you needed to be warm. He's gave you that pillar to guide you. Oh, have you forgotten? Oh, you're standing here at the Jordan River, and it seems like it's absolutely crazy. But you want to talk about crazy? Remember that time when I had that stick, when I had that rod, and you heard that God said just to hold it out, and it was going to make the first aquarium that this world has ever seen? Oh, all of a sudden I hold it out, and boy, two walls came. And yep, the enemy were coming, and we wasn't surprised by the enemy coming, but we were surprised because, look, fish. Oh my, and the ground is dry. This is absolutely amazing to the eye. This is incredible. Look at what God has done. Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten how God literally, not only when we have crossed over, when the enemy begin to make their way, then all of a sudden God said, exhibit, close. Remember how God did that? And now you're afraid of just this small little river? Boy, if God did that, hey, God will take you to the promised land. Oh, today, can I tell you this? Oh, can I tell you this? Hey, God's still in it. God's still in control. God is still on the throne. Hey, we need to remember that God still cares for us. God still loves us. God still meets our needs. God still wants to care for us. He still wants our power on him. God hasn't changed. Oh, we need some people to realize that God still loves you. God loved you 2,000 years before you were born. 
That's a long time. I've just been on this earth for a short time. 2,000 years. I'd be lucky if I can remember my name by the time that comes around. But yet, he knew us before the doctors knew that we even existed. Before they could even prove that there was a thing called DNA, he already knew that we existed. And the Lord God, oh, if he's big and mighty, like the Bible says that he is. Oh, if he's taking care of the children of Israel's needs, he's taking care of our needs too. Today it looks like everybody has clothes on their back. That's one check for God. Oh, it seems like most of us is eaten. Well, that's one check for God. Oh, I don't know about you, but I grew into my head. Well, that's one check for God. Oh, it seems like God is still in this thing. Some people say, do you believe that there's hope? Are you afraid of tomorrow? I said, it doesn't matter. God's still in control. Now I have to do my part. I can't just turn a blind eye and say, well, God's just going to take care of everything. Imagine what would have happened if David would have said that in a time of distress. Well, God's just going to take care of... (laughs) Son, you ever heard of dodgeball? You could have moved. But yet, in our life, we could say, when those bad times come, God is still in control. Remember that rock that satisfied you? Remember that rock, even though he hit it, didn't make water come out any faster, but he hit it the wrong way, but God, despite of that, still met their need. Oh, can I tell you this? I don't know about you, but despite of me, God still takes care of me. Boy, he still loves me. He still loves you today. He still loves you tonight. Oh, can I tell you this? Cannot that same God who took care of Moses when he was around 80 years old, then God really began to use him in a great and mighty way. Boy, it kind of takes away the excuses. Well, I'm getting up in age. Don't get me wrong. I have heard getting old is not for sissies. But I'm also telling you, God still knows your number. He still knows where you are. You can still do something for him. Oh, the challenge just doesn't go out just to these young people here. Even though God can, will, use them. But that same God that when you were there, used you. Maybe tonight he just wants you to re-up again one more time. I told people, if I'm going to go out, I want to go out in a blaze of glory. I mean, I want to go out tearing it up to where I make those famous last words. Hey, y'all, watch this. That's the way I want to go out. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to go on the next busload. But whenever my time is 80, 90 years from now. I want to go out serving God. I'm not saying it's bad for you to be depressed. 
What Bible verses do you have to get you back up? Let me ask you this. What are your favorite Bible verses? Not of all time, but when those rough times do come, what are your favorite Bible verses to get you back up? To strengthen you again. Teenagers, when the devil comes, and he will, what's the Bible verse that you have to withstand, to fight against him? Because he's coming after you. But he's also not done with you either. Anybody doing something for God, the devil has a target on you. I say you can have a target all you want. But according to my God, he's in control. And you can't pull that trigger if he doesn't give you permission. Tonight... It's time for all of us to realize that he's a mighty God and he's still in charge. Not only is he still in charge, he's still called Savior for a reason. Because he saved us when we were young. He can save us out of the depression. And he can save us when we're old. And we just have to depend on him. Because it seems like every single move is like a Rice Krispies commercial. Where it's snap, crackle, pop. Woo, snap, crackle, pop. Woo, snap, crackle, pop. Woo, you ever realize that when you snap, crackle, and pop, there may be someone else be like, boy, I know how that is. And you're able to reach them where I couldn't. Because I'm young and boy, you don't know anything. You don't know what you're talking about. But then all of a sudden you do. Because you've been there. When you got out of bed for no reason. <clears throat> and the young people are like, mm. Oh, can I tell you? Moses is saying, hey, God is taking care of you. God has provided for you. Hey, the psalmist has gotten it right when it wrote this through many dangers and and tolls and snares. We have already come. It is his grace that will lead us thus far and grace that will lead us home. Oh, not only can we look back at the past, we can look at what he's guaranteed us for the future. Oh, I remember there was a young man by the name of, <clears throat> in fact, I'll hold out on the name here for to keep you waiting in suspense. Oh, there was a young man. Actually, he was a little bit older now. Found out that he had cancer. Oh, he had cancer. It was eating up with him. Everybody in America seemed like they were praying for him. Oh, he was a famous preacher. They were praying, they were praying, they were praying. Oh, they found out it was stage four cancer. They found out that the time was, was short. He didn't have much longer. Then all of a sudden, he, he just happened to tell the doctor that he's coming to one more meeting. The doctor said, if you come to that meeting, it's going to end your life soon. It's going to end your life even sooner. He said, if I die amongst God's people serving God, there's no better way to go than that. Oh, all of a sudden they said they cleared out a little area because they knew that he was coming and he came there. Oh, throughout that conference they said every single year after year he would get up and sing a song. He would get up and sing a song. But they said there was something different about that conference. He wasn't there singing the song. They said all of a sudden he made his presence there. When he made his presence there, one of the people said hey, I know that that you're feeling down, but do you have it in you to sing one more time? He sang, he said, oh yeah, he made his way there. Oh, when he made his way there, he, he motioned to the, to the crowd, I mean, to the, uh, the choir. Boy, he told them what song. 
it was. Everybody knew what song he was going to be singing. Then all of a sudden, boy, the, he started singing, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Yep, I'm talking about Dr. Curtis Hudson. Boy, he literally was staring, boy, God in the face. Boy, he could see the other side. Boy, he could see the promised land that was promised to him. And literally, boy, he was singing out, giving it everything he got until God took him home. Boy, it came to the, the, one of the verses there where it got personal. Oh, he just wasn't singing it just to sing the words. Oh, he was meaning everything he got. Boy, all of a sudden he got a little choked up. And when he got a little choked up, boy, they said it wasn't a, a dry eye in the place. Boy, everybody can understand what was going on. Then all of a sudden they said with a loud outroar, boy, he said, got back with the chorus. I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Woo! I can see it now. We win. We win. We are victorious. What was he doing? He was probably hurting, probably a little discouraged, but he was encouraged because of what God's word told him is waiting for him. God had prepared that mansion for him. Not only prepared that mansion, but there were streets of gold and walls of jasper and all these different things. And if you put the one who is the light, everything shines just a little bit brighter. Oh, I don't understand everything about heaven. But I know that God's going to be there. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Oh, if that's the case. Oh, when you get down. I challenge you when you get down. And you will. Turn to Psalms chapter 150. You don't have to do that now. But when you get down, I challenge you. Turn to Psalms chapter 150. Turn to Psalms chapter 37 verse 1 through 5. Turn to Psalms chapter 40, and all of a sudden you start getting the eyes off of you. And woe is me, to woe is thee. Worthy is the precious Lamb of God. Oh, you start worrying about your problems because you realize who's the great physician. Oh, you realize who's really in charge. You realize if it's up to him, he will perform that miracle just like I told you last night. Oh, you realize that, hey, the doctors think they know, but he knows that he knows. Why? Because he bred into man one time. And boy, not only did he do that, but he performed, he conformed, or shall I say perform the first surgery man has ever known when he put man down. That's why men love ribs so much. So they took the rib out of man and whoo, what a woman. Adam knew what he was doing. Can I tell you? God is mightier than we are. Not only does Moses set the example by telling us, boy, think of what God has done in the past. Think of what God has promised us in the future. But he also said, remember that same God said, hey, take your burdens to me. Hey, not only do I want to help you in the past and help you in the future, I want to help you now. But you need to come to me, ye that are heavy laden. Oh, the children of Israel, the only thing they had to do was do it the right way. 
Go to Moses the right way. So Moses can take those things to God. But yet they murmured and complained. What happened? They became God in their own mind. Well, Lord God, this doesn't fit my timing. This doesn't work the way I want it to work. Shame on us for thinking that we're on the same level as God Almighty. Oh, not only do we take <clears throat> our burdens to the Lord, not only does Psalm 55, verse 22, cast thy burdens unto the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Thirdly, we ask him to meet with us one more time. I believe Caleb at the age of, what, 85? All of a sudden, boy, God got in him one more time. Boy, God got all of him one more time, and he got stirred up, and he said, hey, I want that mountain. I want to conquer that mountain for the Lord. I just got word that a dear friend of mine, boy, Pastor Moore, he literally served God until the day that he died a few days ago, but I remember him being 91. I said 91. That's 9-1. Boy, serving God in the church, he had already served God for 60-something years being a pastor. Then all of a sudden, during a mission conference, like the one that you're about to have all of a sudden they said there's a need there's a need boy someone needs to go and he said pastor as long as I have breath I would like to surrender again for the Lord just one more time and for three I believe four years God allowed him to pastor a church that grew by somebody who just said hey if there's there's an opening I want to fill it we all quote John R. Rice but John R. Rice said this at the end he said, I was never called of God. I just saw that there was a gap. And I asked God if he would empower me to stand in it. God wants to use you to do something tonight. But don't let yourself get in the way. Psalm chapter 85, verse 6 and <clears throat> through 8 says this, Would thou not receive us again, revive us again, that thou people may rejoice in thee? Shew us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. And I will hear what, <clears throat> what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people. Hey, what is he trying to say? God can revive you again. God can bring you back again. Hey, you may be dead within yourself. Hey, you may feel like you're rotten bones, but to God, your potential. Oh, with God, all things are possible. Maybe it's time for some of us who are down, realize that, hey, it may be raining today, but what God is doing is he's watering the flowers. He's getting ready for tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be sunny. And all of a sudden, up from the grave, he arose. And all of a sudden, there's sunshine again. May God be with us. Maybe it's time we just do what the people did of old. Lord God, will you revive us again? I told you this and it's bare repeating. In the past, we used to ask God to use us. We used to beg God just to use us. Lord God, please use us. Lord God, will you use somebody like me? Lord God, I want to be used. Lord God, I want to be used. Oh, Lord God, will you use me? Will you use me in a mighty way? And now we adopted the thing of the world where it's like we're supposed to have it. Where it's almost like you're supposed to pay me. 
God isn't supposed to do anything. God wants to do it. He chooses to do it because he loves us. I wonder tonight how much more God can use Central Baptist Church if you call out on his name one more time to use you. Some of you may have to be like the tin man, pull out the old oil and get back out there just one more time. Lord God, just one more time. I may not be able to knock all the doors that I used to, but Lord God, the ones that I do knock to, will you will knock on, will you be there with me? Oh, Lord God, I may not be able to go door to door, but Lord God, I can go gas station to gas station. Everybody's got to have gas in their vehicle today. I mean, everybody's praying at that gas station today. Boy, when they go to pump up the car. Oh, Lord God, will you revive us again? I'm not saying that it's a sin to be down. But I am saying, what are we doing when we have a God like we have? We have a God who loves us. We have a God who's almighty. We have a God who's the sovereign king. He is enduringly strong. He is eternally steadfast. Oh, his grace is sufficient. He's all powerful. He's all mercy. He's the greatest phenomenon this world has ever seen. Oh, he's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's a centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unmatched. He's undefeated. He's undefeated. Oh, can I tell you? He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. Oh, he's the only, the only person qualified to be called savior. Hey, there's been none other like him, and there'll be none other after him. Can I tell you this? He supplies, he supplies the strength for the weak. Some of you may feel weak today. You may not have the same energy that you did today. Well, let me introduce you to the one we call Savior. Let me introduce you to the one we call God. Let me introduce you to the one more when no one else could touch you and heal you. If you just reach out the same way that that lady reached out to him, he'll do something for you. He'll do something with you despite of you. Can I tell you this? Oh, not only does he still save, he still saves. He saved yesterday. He saves people today. And Lord willing, he'll use us to save people again tomorrow. Hey, he's so clean the leper. He still cleans uh, people. He still cleanses sin. He still cleans sin. He still helps us. He still forgives the sinner. You ever need that? He still forgives the sinner. He still delivers the captive. He still defends the feeble. He still blesses the youth. He still serves the unfortunate. He still re regardeth the ages. He still rewarded, rewards the diligent. He's still on the throne. Amen. Oh, I could go through all seven pages of what I had, but I think we got the gist tonight. Some of you get down, and that's human. That's the way we are. But you don't have to stay down. You don't have to stay discouraged. The thing that I told you about, that story that I told you about at the beginning with that lady at camp. What did she do when she was down? She found someone to help her while she was down. You realize that's why God gives you a man of God? That's why God puts people in your life to help encourage you when you are down. 
Come on, get back up. Come on, we can take another step. Boy, I remember when I had surgery and I had to get a metal rod inserted into the tibia. Can I tell you this? Don't do it. <clears throat> Boy, after surgery, all of a sudden the physical therapist is there. Bless her heart. Boy, she was there and I was there. It was like a wild, wild west scene. Looking at her, she's looking at me. She's like, you need to stand. I looked at my leg. I said, mm-mm. She's like, you need to stand. I was like, did you not see what they did? Did you not hear what they did to me during surgery? I would tell you, but some of you would woo, be slain in the spirit. <laughs> then all of a sudden she said, you need to stand. So all of a sudden she hit a button. And you know those rails that you're supposed to walk all of a sudden? She raised me up. To where I was in a standing position. She was like, you need to walk. I was like, I don't see any people movers like the airport have them, so good luck. I remember she said, come on, walk with me, walk with me, walk with me. And I went to go take a step. And everything twisted and moved back and forth. And that's all I'm going to go. I've seen some of you, one person over there right now, looks like a fish. Well, I remember I went to go take a step, and all that happened. And she's like, come on, you can do it. Take another step. Take another step. <sighs> take another step. She's like, I don't care. It's just me and you here. She's like, if you want to growl, if you want to yell, if you want to scream, I found out I'm not a screamer. I'm a grunter. <laughs> I'm like an old diesel truck. <laughs> but... At any means necessary, I finally got to the end. Boy, when I got to the end, it literally was probably the length of this carpet. Anybody who's been to physical therapy, you probably know what I'm talking about. Drenched in sweat. She said, Mr. Jackson, congratulations. You're on your way back. She's like, it's going to take a little while, but we can get through it together. What was she doing? She's giving me hope of tomorrow. There's hope. Some of you, you're down. Some of you, you've hide it pretty good. It's time to get back up. Some of you, get help. Get help. That's why we have assistant pastors. If you can't get in touch with the pastors, that's why we have people that's in charge in different levels here in the church. Why? Because they're all under the same accord. We want to help people. We want to help you when you're down because when we get down, we want somebody to help us. Why? Encourage us to keep going. Encourage us to keep being faithful. Encourage us when we are down to keep fighting. Tonight, stay in it. Tonight, Keep fighting. Maybe you slow down a little bit. Get back into it. Let's start again. You may be down now, but God has decided to give you a little bit of rest. Now it's time to get going again. It's time to kick the tires and light the fires. God's about to do something again. I'm excited what God has for the church here. I'm excited about Brother Scott Cottle coming. I'm excited about Dr. Sheldon Smith coming. I'm excited about the missions conference and everything else that is coming. But if you are dead as a doornail, it won't help you. If you've given up on God, but you're smiling and you're faking it, 
won't help you. It's time for you to get that thing going again. What do they call it? Ether that you put inside the engine? It's time for some of you to put that thing straight into whatever that thing in jigger is. You can tell I'm not a mechanic. All of a sudden, put that thing inside the thing in my jigger, spray that ether, start that engine back up. Get back on the road. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we sure do love you. Lord God, <clears throat> we love what you have done during this meeting. Lord God, we have some people maybe who've been depressed, maybe they've been down, maybe they've been a little discouraged. But Lord God, we thank you for what you've done in the past. Lord God, we thank you for what you're doing now, and we also thank you for what you're doing in the future. Oh, Heavenly Father, may we always help each other run the good race, fight the good fight. Lord God, there's going to be some times we don't want to get up, but thank the Lord we have a Christian brother or sister who will help push us out of bed, even when we don't want to, and help us be faithful to serve you. Lord God, maybe tonight we have some individuals, boy, they used to be in the fight. They used to serve God, but they've been a little down. And with them being down, they got a little bit discouraged. 